0: Hello Suns fans and welcome once again to the Suns John and Matthew podcast aka the Suns Jam Session podcast it's not the greatest night following a disappointing and ugly loss to the Detroit Pistons but you know I guess these things happen Matthew uh, not not yeah not a, not a fun one huh.
1: No, not really. It's like, why are you bothering me this late at night, John? You know, this is terrible. I should be in bed by now, crying myself to sleep. That's not how it is, dude. Jamsters, we want to be here for you. We want to talk this one out. How are you doing, John?
0: I'm frustrated a little bit. You know, it's a, a, a victory snatched from us. And at our own, you know, yeah. it, it, was, it was our fault. I think that that was one of the the most challenging things about the loss to the Pistons, 110 to 105 on a Friday night. You get excited because you know that the Suns are playing at 5 o'clock. So you're like, okay, yeah. I get to you know, come home from work. I can watch the game. It's all done by about 7.30. And then we could sit on the Suns Jam Session podcast and talk to the Jamsters <laughs> yeah. and have a great time. And then reality happens.
1: Yeah, it's basically, it's like, you know, you can let teams go on, the run, on a run. It's the NBA. It's going to happen. But then also, I think the Suns really feel like they're that team now in the end of the games so that they're just going to pull it out. But they're not yet. I mean, it has happened in the past with this season. But they just have to learn from this one. You know they're going to come out and win tomorrow night. So I'm not too worried about this one.
0: Man, I am worried. That's the issue.
1: Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Yeah,
0: let's talk about it on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So as per usual, we thank everybody for joining us live on the YouTube channel, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Thank you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the thumbs up button. You can follow the podcast at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can hear the podcast on the bright side of the sun, podcast network, and make sure you rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow Matthew on Twitter.
1: Hi, Matthew Lissy.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. So tonight definitely necessitates
1: a oh, beer. Yeah. So, I brought out the good stuff, dude. You know, so you got H, the White Claw. Age wine. Yeah. Age wine.
0: <laughs> <H> wine. <laughs> How old is that White Claw?
1: This is probably two months old, dude. Right. So it so, it's aged a little bit, right? All right. Well, I got better. a
0: Scottsdale Blonde. Pop them open if you got them. And let's talk about the Phoenix Suns, huh? let do it. So the Suns lose ugly, unfortunately, on Friday night. Going down, going up to the Motor City, playing the Detroit Pistons and losing yeah. by a score of 110 to 105 in overtime, the first overtime game. And, and you know, Matthew, just kind of give me your initial thoughts and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay, yeah, I just I just want to say I was waiting for that one player to step up tonight. It was a little too late. It was Devin Booker who tried to take it over too late, where the, I think the Pistons knew it was almost over, and it just was too late for the Suns. I think they were playing an off game. Chris Paul looked a little bit. I'm not going to use the word old, but did you try to? Did you see him the last one to get up from the group? The last like the second to last time he's the last one sitting there. It just looked like I just he looked like he was done for the night. That's the way he looked. That's the way the whole team looked. Sarich, bad game, not his best. And you have Galloway pretty much leading the team in points where he scored them all in the second quarter. So it was just no one could get it going tonight, dude. And tell me why. I have no idea why.
0: What was strange is they look like a team, as they are the best in the West with you know record-wise, going against the least in the East record-wise in the Detroit Pistons. They look like they were a team that was on the back end of a back-to-back, not the first game of a back-to-back. And typically, what does that mean? And and we'll experience this tonight as the Suns play the Pacers. But if you're playing a back-to-back, typically you come out firing in the first half and you're trying to post a, a substantial lead and hope that you can kind of coast in that third and fourth quarter knowing that you're tired, that your veteran and your starting team is tired. And in the second half, they were the tired team. They had no energy. It felt like they were on a back-to-back, as I mentioned. And you look mm-hmm. at the, the final... um like overtime and second half they're outscored by the Pistons 62 to 49. We scored 29 points in the first quarter and we scored 62 in overtime plus two quarters. The team, the team just went ice cold from downtown. Uh, I mean, there's numerous reasons why they lost, but I think my first takeaway is just that the team looked tired and it's, it's frustrating to see that knowing that they have a tough matchup tomorrow in the Indiana Pacers. Oh yeah, it's very
1: frustrating, but I don't think the Suns really made the right decisions any time tonight. I feel like the the shot selection was okay for Galloway. Besides that, I mean, Mikel Bridges. I know you can hit those corner threes towards the end of the game, though, when he was semi-covered. Those are plays you just got to take to the hoop. You gotta. You can see Monty kind of getting on to him during the commercial timeouts, where he's just like, do a like make the fake. The pump fake and then take Ooh. it to the rim. Like, how many times I have to tell you that's what it seems like he's trying to tell him. But besides that, dude, I really think that they were just making the wrong plays. Chris Paul wasn't really in a playmaking mood. Booker wasn't either. Aiden couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And even when Aiden was wide open, I know like the pick and roll thing when he, he wasn't able really to get the role going. I feel like he's getting open now and he's having mismatches, but Paul does not give him the ball. Booker doesn't maybe because they're just scared he's gonna fumble the ball away. there's just no confidence of throwing him it throwing it into him in the post right now at all no, I completely agree
0: and and when they do throw it to the post he doesn't reward them because he's kind of got the fumbling hands and it it's yeah it's a challenge that you know I, I really hope that he would start to fix, but you got to give him a give him an opportunity to fix that by feeding him the ball and it was just kind of even when the the game began and the starters were in the game to start. You, you notice that they they were having challenges just putting the ball in the hoop tonight. I mean, that's what it came down to. The game starts. There's early turnovers. Uh, Detroit's attacking the paint. And it seems that teams kind of, if they do their scouting on the Suns, that's what they're noticing is if you want to affect the Suns, go to the paint. Because our perimeter defense is is pretty stout. We have the ability to defend in multiple ways. But if you start to go to the paint, we do give up a lot of layups, right? Yeah,
1: I, I saw it towards the end of the game. I feel like it was even like the dunk by Plumlee to take the lead for the Pistons in the end where I really started to notice. I'm like, okay, now they're taking it to the rim more. They were getting to the rim, but they were also not finishing the Pistons and they weren't getting calls either for fouls. So a lot of the times they would take the ball to the hoop, try to, like it was either Derek Rose or whoever wanted to take it to the rim was doing that. We were kind of just putting our hands up mm-hmm. and taking taking them as they came. But besides that, they were actually not getting the calls, I feel like.
0: You know, that's and that's a running theme for the Suns this year. They need to find the a way, some way, somehow to force the issue in the paint on offense themselves and put the opposition in foul trouble. That's what really yeah. started to the downfall in the third quarter is the Suns are up. They're up, I believe it was 9 or 10 points. And with just uh God, how how many um how many minutes were in were in left in the third? Probably about oh, seven it's 747. Yeah, I, seven forty-seven. I'm looking up, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. It's seven forty-seven in the time. third. They, they're up 10 points, but the Pistons get to the free throw line and they take advantage of it. Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, Mason Plumley, these guys yep. live in the paint, and they're down there just taking advantage of the Suns and slowly and methodically getting themselves back in the game. Meanwhile, the Suns are on the other side of the court shooting threes, <laughs> not taking it to the rim, not trying yes. to be aggressive. And ultimately, if you look at the final numbers on the on the night for the Phoenix Suns, it, their free throws, they only shot as compared to the Detroit Pistons, they only shot 13 free throws. The Pistons shot 29. And the other frustrating thing is we were 46.2% from the free throw line. We only made six of our 13, <laughs> whereas the Pistons made 25 of their 29. I mean, that, that's a Suns number right there. Coming into this game, yep. we are the second best free throw shooting team as a team in the league, and we go six for 13 from the line. Aiton doesn't make a free throw. You know, On the off chance that he finally gets down there, he goes, what, 0 for 3 total for from, the, three, yep. from, from the free throw line. So yep. all these little things lead to a loss, you know, and it looked like it yeah. had an opportunity to lead to an ugly win, but unfortunately, it's an ugly loss that that really shouldn't be, and this is the Pistons, what, eighth time in a row beating the Suns? Come on.
1: Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, Dave King did predict a loss, so good for him. I think that <laughs> Way to go, Dave. What, happen- <laughs> what happened last last game for the Suns against Toronto, they had to get to the line. You saw that they actually did towards the end of the game. I thought it was coming. And I don't think it's the rest's fault. I still don't. I don't think it's the other team's fault. I think the Suns had to force an issue, but there's some kind of like, there's some kind of mishap between Chris Paul and the rest of the offense still, even towards the end of the game. I just don't know what really is going on between him and the rest of the players. Like, I don't know if there's a play call or players not are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, but there's no one that is getting open. There's no movement. There's a lot of just really dribbling right now. Um, You saw towards the end where Booker actually tried to take over the game where he was actually moving and he hit a couple big shots. But besides that, like, I think, oh my God, I'm doing that again. <laughs> besides that, I think that actually... <laughs> what we were really missing was just getting to the free throw line they had to force the issue and they're just they were not doing it tonight and i don't know why i think i think that they actually have to like practice that next game you know whether they're winning or losing it's going to be a tough game tomorrow night it's gonna be really hectic but for them to win or pull something close i think they need to just get to the line and that, that they have to focus on that this next game That needs to be the adjustment
0: that Monty makes. And what's nice is after the Suns lost the first time they had a back-to-back this season, they played the Kings twice and they lost the first game. If you remember, they came out and they won that second game because Monty made adjustments. And I'm really hoping that he makes adjustments moving forward against the Pacers. Yeah. Part of you wants to blame the refs. There were a little bit of bullshit calls, but 25 fouls to 14, I'm telling you, Suns fans, it's not necessarily all the refs' fault on this one. It's, it's the not. Suns' fault for not forcing the issue. They're not driving downhill. They're not trying to make layups. You got to think about what this team is right now. This team, and 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 make no mistake about it, this team is—they're just not meshing yet. They're not meshing well. That oh. first team isn't. The second team's meshing really well. Yes, sir. you have them coming out. You know the hashtag Super, you know Suns Super Second Squad. When they come out, they they're a team that meshes very well together. You have Cameron Payne, who's aggressive and drives to the hoop and can draw fouls that way. Or as he drives, he can kick and they hit threes. When you look at the Suns, Devin Booker doesn't know necessarily when to be aggressive yet. Chris Paul doesn't know necessarily when to be aggressive yet. They're both trying to run high pick and rolls with De- DeAndre Ayton, but they're not necessarily getting him the ball. And what do they do as a default? Because because defense are collapsing, they're getting it out to their three-point shooters, and they're shooting the shots. Now, granted, just like the Kings game, when we lost the Kings game, the team shot abysmally from the three-point line. They shot, if I remember correctly, it was 11 for 44. You look at this game, very similar. They shot what? Let me see. What's the 17, number? There? 17, 17 from 52. for 52. That is the most three-point attempts yep. in Phoenix Suns history. They shot 90 shots tonight. 52 of them were from downtown.
1: Yeah, they're not so going in, issue. Make make the adjustment. You have to make the adjustment to win these games. They're just not doing it. And uh, Tell me if I'm wrong. Anytime they took it to the rim, was there a shot-blocking presence from the Pistons? I don't think there was. I think they actually had good opportunities around the rim to just put the ball over the rim like seriously that's all they had to do when they had it down there Cam johnson did it a few times early but just take it into the paint and see what else develops because if you're not doing that then you're just settling for threes i think they were just trying to get a lousy win against a lousy team and it's just very difficult right now like our last game against the raptors because these these teams are hungry now you have blake griffin on the team who he might be traded but you he wants to win this team wants to win of course josh jackson wants to get the win they want to win this because it's his old team it we drafted him in the first round. Like that's a big thing to these players. And they went out there and probably won it for Josh Jackson. That's probably one of the things that were on the checklist going into this game. Like what can motivate us? That was one of them. Another one is it's just a revenge game for Blake Griffin and Devin Booker, Kendall Jenner. That's another <laughs> one, too. So you you want to make sure to get these wins. And Suns have issues against Detroit. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's a parting the night before. Yeah, they don't go out. I'm sure they don't, whatever. But they had issues this game, and it has to start with just the adjustments of going to the rim because Mikhail Bridges can finish at the rim. By God, go yeah. to the rim.
0: Please. By God.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's
0: absolutely correct, though. I mean, he has the ability to finish. Pretty much any time that he wants to around the rim, but he's settling yeah. for the three pointers. He's not doing using his pump fake, which is working every time. He just can't get there. Yeah, as Raymond Gonzalez says in the chat, it's it's the battle of the Eskimo brothers there. You know, Dem Booker Ooh, and, all and Blake Griffin. You know, and, and <laughs> make no mistake about it, Josh Jackson did not play well. Five points. Yeah. I think it was two boards. I mean, he, he was but, hurt. though
1: too, I think. Yeah, he right. was
0: hurt coming into the game. He was a late addition to the starting lineup. And I guarantee you that he went to Dwayne Casey before the game said, hey, I want to play. I want to play. This is my old team. And yeah. he just didn't have it. But you know what? The team rallied behind their themselves. Jeremy Grant. I mean, he had a fantastic game playing for them. He proved that he isn't somebody who just necessarily wants to be a role player. And that's why I mean, 31 points, 10 rebounds uh he just he was a beast and he's somebody who went to the rim at will
1: he did yeah he he followed he basically did what he could to get to the rim and a lot of the times half the time he wasn't able to finish but he kept pushing the issue and they just got big shots too from sadiq bay one of our favorites from the draft he really came in as soon as he was wide open two times in a row it was two times i don't know if they're in a row but it was one after the other one maybe a play in between he was I was scared of him to shoot the ball. That shot he has from three is smooth. He looks like he knows what he's doing on the court. He's a very scary player to play against in crunch time already <laughs> against yeah. the Suns. So for him for him, and then of course Jeremy Grant, like you're saying, to have a game. I didn't think Sadiq Bey he had 10 points, but they came in quick. I think he only played oh, he played 27 minutes, but I feel mm-hmm. like he yeah, but I didn't I, I didn't notice him on the court. Crucial points, dude. Yeah, I know. I didn't notice on the court, <laughs> yeah. But also, dude. So Blake Griffin, he found a way in the end, too, as well, to get down to um, to the rim in the box, do what he could against DeAndre in the mismatch with Cam Johnson. Saric pushing him around, too. He knew that he had opportunities down there. Those were crunch time points. They weren't really getting them through the whole game. I mean, they, the Suns were lucky that the Pistons weren't blowing them out because I feel like the Pistons couldn't make a whole, whole lot of shots tonight when they were given to them. No, they were, they had a lot of wide open jumpers, three pointers, yeah.
0: and they couldn't hit them. And you could see why this team is struggling in the Eastern Conference. They are not necessarily a good shooting team. Their defense is pretty poor, and they, the Suns had the wide open shots. They just, all of a sudden it was almost like and i i wrote this down in my notes i felt like i was watching game 7 the warriors against the houston rockets 2 years ago when they or 3 years ago when the rockets missed like 27 straight three pointers yep that's what the suns look like tonight cuz the shots were there and like i'm i'm not upset that the suns took 52 threes i really am not i'm upset that they didn't hit two more of them you know hit 19 yeah. all of a sudden we win this game and it's it, it's that and the adjustment that didn't occur. If the Suns had adjusted and said, you know what? The, the three isn't working for a little bit. Let's try putting this team in foul trouble. I mean, in both the the third quarter and the fourth quarter, the Pistons got to the line early and then abused us at the line. Blake Griffin ends with 16 points, 12 rebounds. And unfortunately, you know, he had uh, how, many, how many free throws attempts? He had six. Jeremy Grant had 11. And Plumlee had eight. That's their interior. It's not like they they had guards cutting into the paint and and drawing fouls. All they would do is dump it inside and get fouled or get an offensive rebound and get fouled. And the Suns didn't make that adjustment, and that's the frustration I feel that a lot of Suns Nation is feeling.
1: Yeah, and you know who's a really good fouler is um, Jay Crowder. Actually, he is fantastic at it. He had five tonight. He wasn't playing in the end of the fourth. Cam took his spot and it looked, pretty, it looked pretty good, dude. I mean, I think Cam kind of held his own. But Jay Crowder, he'll give you a lot of fouls out there. Like, they're legit fouls. I know he gave up one and one. But besides that, if he's going to – oh, God. If he's going to foul somebody, then he's going to make sure that they have a 0% chance to make the, the, the shot that they're trying to attempt. And that was basically what he was trying to do. And I think that also – it was nice to see the second unit come in though, when we needed them, I almost kind of wanted them to finish the game because for some reason, Javon Carter and, um, (laughs) and Cameron Payne, there is some, yeah, there's, Langston Galloway, the sneaky guy that's on the inside that can play interior defense and rebound the ball, team rebounding. He's very, very good at that. But the, the balls, get they get swatted around, you know, Down when it's back and forth between the teams. I just feel like Javon Carter and Cameron Payne find a way to deflect the balls and get them like out in the open for someone else to pick them up. They kept doing that all night, and I love that second unit tonight.
0: Well, look at this. The Suns outscored the Pistons' second unit by 15 points. The Suns had 45 points from the bench. The Pistons had 30. You look at the plus-minus. Across the board, everyone who came in off the bench was in a plus for the Suns. You had Darius Arch 17. Or, I'm sorry, plus 7. Cameron Johnson, plus 18. Cameron Payne, plus 14. Javon Carter, plus 18. (laughs) Langston Galloway, plus 12. Look at the starters. Jay Crowder, negative 9. Bridges, negative 23. Aiton, negative 26. Booker negative 17, Chris Paul negative 19. The starters just didn't get it done tonight and that's just what it comes down to. The the second team came in, yep. they did their business, they handed the they handed the the ball off back to the first team unit up 23 points. They let the Pistons go on a 17 to 2 run to end that first half and then found themselves only up I believe it was 9 at halftime. And at the same time, you know, I, like I wrote the piece for Bright Side of the Sun. That's why we're a little late, jamsters, is I had to write the. Yeah, Bright sorry, Side I was of in
1: the, the comments, piece. like, where
0: you at, Voida? <laughs> uh, so I, I, well, I had the piece, you know. I yeah, I know. The, I totally this, this might be the curse of you and me writing, because I had this whole thing kind of written out. I had this nice ending to the article. It's like, you know, the sun sucked on on getting free throws they suck turning the ball over which we haven't even really necessarily yeah. talked about they sucked shooting the ball from three but you know what they still won the game and like once i, I wrote that thing. it just started like the lead started going i'm like deleting it and like rewriting them losing hoping to will it into the opposite fruition so yeah i try to why, finish
1: it by the second quarter and it just never works out that way yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it
0: doesn't it doesn't at all so um uh, but unfortunately you know they they lose to the pistons um plenty plenty more to talk about i just want to give a shout yeah. out to uh, all the jamsters in the chat join us really really appreciate it yeah let's let's drop a line for the fellas that's the outro
1: fellas. What up, fellas?
0: we appreciate yeah. you fellas we for joining us you know, we'll win, win lose or draw even though you can't draw yeah. an NBA game we're gonna be here and although it's frustrating you know it's still early in the season the suns are now six and three They still have a a long road ahead of them. And I think that it's almost fitting that this happens. You know, again, Dave's spoken into into existence, but it's fitting. You know, this is, we have a long journey ahead of us as Suns fans. And although it feels, it would have been great to go seven and two, maybe we all needed to remember oh, it's like, oh, yeah, they're the Suns.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly man and it, it's crazy to think too like chris paul was kind of a no-show in the second half i just wanted to recap on that i think he got his stats basically in the second quarter and then after that nothing really which is fine because usually he's maneuvering the ball, he's doing other things but tonight i didn't really see it so i really thought campaign would actually stay in and it made me want to ask like is campaign like the the best backup point guard we've had since Barbosa or is he better? Do you know of another yeah, backup Gor- point
0: guard? Goran Drogic. Yeah. Or Dragic. 2010. Yeah. yeah, Dragic when at least come playoff time back then, I mean, he was just fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, the playoff, so, But, camp- but campaigns on his way. I mean, he definitely mm-hmm. has the playmaking ability. What I like about campaign is his hesitation. He has that unique ability to, to start a drive and almost kind of pull up and hesitate and then either boost towards the basket or find the right guy to make the pass to in that moment. It's, it's a mm-hmm. skill set to do. A lot of guys start, you know, Elia Kobo. Elia Kobo, when he started going to the rim, you knew what he was doing. He was going to cut to the rim and either do a spin move or jump up in the air and not know what to do with the ball. Campaign's got more of a, a, a pace to him and a finesse to his game that I was noticing today in the second uh, quarter that I really, I was really pleased by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and and I I I thought maybe he had more. Uh, see, what I think what happened was I think that when he only had the when he because he only has a fifteen minutes played. I think they were just trying to squeak this one out and then give him more minutes tomorrow night. Maybe, I don't know. I can be completely wrong about that. Of course, but I think that was what they were trying to do, but I feel like he, maybe he could have got more minutes. I think he would have really helped out him and Javon Carter. You got to play the hot hand. I think in this kind of game, especially against a, a team like the Pistons. I just think that whoever is delivering the best knockout blow, which the second unit was even Galloway. Of course, I don't think we talked about a 17 points, right? Or did we skip over that already? Or we, no, no, we, we, we,
0: we haven't even gone down into Langston Lagoon Jeez. as of yet, You yet? Know? You know, maybe oh of the God. time, you know. How about Langston Galloway coming home, going back to, to Detroit, a, a team that had him for the past three or four years? They didn't bring him back. He signed with the Suns yeah. for a one year, two million dollar deal, and he came out in fuego. This was going to be the Langston Galloway uh, game. I mean, he was. was unstoppable, unconscious, started six for six from the field, five for five yep. from downtown before missing his first one. And then he didn't really play in the second half. I mean, you look at his first half. He had 17 points in nine minutes. Yeah. Okay. He ended with 12 minutes. Matthew, isn't
1: he really, that crazy?
0: We only really played him three minutes in the second half and overtime. Like, why not let this guy cook? He's cooking. Booker got extra rest. He's this guy's cooking. You have a back to back going against the Pacers tomorrow. Why not just leave him in or give him more minutes in the third quarter into the fourth? That's a bad adjustment by Monty there, man.
1: Yeah, I think that was pretty bad because I think they could hold their own against the, the first unit. I think they were doing a fine job. Like, like I was saying, they're swatting balls away left and right, just wherever they were standing, you know? And I think that really Cameron Payne, or I'm sorry, Langston Galloway, it's it's crazy to see only the 12 minutes because this is a game I thought that you would just keep them in. And I don't understand why you're trying to rush back the starters and make things more difficult. Obviously, Aiden wasn't really where he needed to be offensively defensively. He was fine. Of course he did. He did a pretty solid job. I think I know the inside scoring is it happened, but I don't think all of it was his fault The switches and stuff. A lot of that was going on. But besides that, I think that, oh my God, I think that Devin Booker really, he wanted to rush back in the game, maybe to finish it off because it isn't in Detroit. He wants that win his hometown. But they had a way to win this, I think, other than forcing the first team back in there to finish it off. I don't understand why that was such a such a it was such a thing that had to happen, you know? I completely agree. And I think between campaign
0: and Langston Galloway, we really could have got a lot of rest for Devin Booker and CP three tonight. We Definitely could have. Uh, shout out to Infinite Tranquility in the chat. Campaign is not afraid to attempt a layup, unlike most of our roster. He is one of the only guys who takes it all the way. I think that that's one of the disadvantages of CP3 in his advanced age. Is he no longer yeah. willing to go down there and try to put in a, a hard layup and in turn maybe draw the defense yeah. and get the ball to DA because? he's probably tired he's had 14 years of getting banged around and thrown to the ground and then injuries because of it so he starts the pick and roll and he'll pull up and if da's not right there he'll go for the three or pass it or he'll go for the the mid-range shot or he'll pass it out so we're probably not seeing and uh, it's not we're probably we obviously are not seeing chris paul at his most effective because of his advanced age um but you have people like campaign who are willing to go down in there and uh i wish more people did
1: Yeah, I know. Like he is majestic around the rim. He can like lay it up any other way around the rim, Um, reverse finger roll, any way you want it. He'll serve it up. And watching Chris Paul and Sarish on the pick and roll, those two like old looking daddies going at it (laughs) towards the rim is the funniest thing to watch. I just I think that that when the one play where. I they were trying to get to Sarge. I feel like Sarge was getting fed the ball more than Da in the post. They were just throwing the ball at him like he had freaking like Velcro for hands. And like every time he would have the ball down there, would get deflected, blocked. He got a couple layups, and he would just get murdered down there like he always does. But they were throwing him the ball more than Da. I think the only way to get D.A. comfortable is to keep throwing the ball at his head as as hard as you can until those hands get bigger or a little bit softer or something.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> outside of Devin Booker's 18 shots, Dario Saric had the second most field goal attempts for the Suns tonight. Crazy. I don't know if that's necessarily a, a recipe for success. He didn't have that good of
1: a game. Four for
0: 12 from the field. I mean, he had 12 points, six boards. He tried. He, you know, poor yeah. Dario. And I don't know. Four turnovers,
1: it, though. That's unheard yeah, of, right?
0: Yeah, four Dario? turnovers. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's fine we do talk about the turnovers, though. Okay. It is un, it is unlike Dario Sarge to have four turnovers. DeAndre Ayton had four. That's not necessarily his game. You had five from Chris Paul. Or I'm sorry, two from Chris Paul. And yep. five from Devin Booker. Five from Jake Crowder. Nope, one. I'm looking at personal fouls. One from Jake <laughs> Crowder. But still, five turnovers <laughs> from Booker. That, that was one of the most interesting things to me. is Langston Galloway was on fire in the second quarter. So they pretty much bring back the entire starting group, except for Devin Booker, because they leave him out there to cook. He misses one shot. They bring Booker in the first play. He throws it out of bounds. Yep. Why is, why, (laughs) why is this? Why do we turn the ball over so much, man? (laughs) I don't know. This isn't our one game thing. This isn't like this just happened tonight for the first time. The Phoenix Suns have an affinity for turning the ball over they're fifth in the league in turnovers
1: fifth it's That's not good
0: you're not gonna you know, win a
1: game, turn the ball over man is it just an out-of-sync thing or i mean it has to be i mean it's a lot of teams are having a lot of downs this year the ones we expect to be great they're just now turning the corner kind of so maybe this is just our you know it's a little bump in the road but the turnovers overall the beginning i think the first three or four games were off the charts they kind of held their own the last three games. And then now tonight was just back to the basics, back to the beginning where they would just throw the ball out of bounds, just lose the ball from perfect passes off their knees, whatever. That's what they're doing, right? And that's what they did tonight. And it was pretty disgusting. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's just, <laughs> uh, right? uh, ah, yeah, yeah. take a breath. You trusted Monty, right? Oh yeah. Well, well, but here's the other thing that you have to realize in the bigger scheme of things, you do look around the association right now and it is kind of crazy. Okay. The Lakers have lost three games. No one probably expected them losing three games this early, as have the Clippers. The Knicks are playing very well. So it it is, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back to this. It is still early, Suns fans. We still have a long way to go in this season. There's still an opportunity for us to right this ship because it's not really that wrong. I just feel like it was some bad decisions, some bad rotational decisions by Monty tonight, coupled with poor shooting, and we get our third loss of the season in our eighth game. We're, we're six and three. We're still at the top of the Western Conference. The majority of the Western Conference right now is four and four. Do we have a tough game against the Pacers? Yes. But following that, we go to Washington. And that's, you know, if, if somehow we can turn this road trip. And I'd asked you on the last podcast, you know, this road trip, what do we want? Three and oh, but we're happy with two and one. It just always sucks losing the first one.
1: Yeah, it does. It does suck. But plus, you're saying we're going to go to Washington. That's another team that's trying to turn around, too. And I don't think they're a bad squad. So it's like you can't take any game lightly. You can't look too far ahead to say, oh, but if we lose this game, then we'll win the next one. Because right now, you just never know in the NBA. That's why I'm so happy we're six and three right now because we got these wins early and we can build off of it. So we're not in such a big hole. It's not like we're going to end the, uh, the season at the number one, well, we might be the number one seed. Who knows? But, you know, it's likely not to happen. Top three might happen. That would be great. That's what I'm shooting for for this team. But you have to look at it as these six wins were, were great to start off the season with. A lot of teams are in the hole and too far deep because there's only the 72 games. So we trust in Monty. And I just wanted to hit on something. I heard a podcast really quick. Uh, the It was the Ringer podcast um, with... Um, Jay Jay Bell. Gosh, who's <laughs> I cannot think of his yeah, name. Former no, right. second baseman for the Arizona
0: <laughs> What's he doing on the Ringer?
1: No. Oh my god, I can't even think of his name, man. The the um Oh my gosh, it's a podcast on uh, NBA The Ringer, the NBA uh, show. Yeah raja bell why can't oh, i think of oh that? Yeah, yeah 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 he had the real tim duncan ones. on there yeah they were asking tim duncan when he came into the league who was the guy on the team that you looked up to the most who was a leader and they said he said monty monty williams that was one of the guys his third year in the league monty williams so i just wanted to bring that back around to say you know i still trust in this guy you just never stop hearing it's like endless around the league how much these guys respect mm-hmm. monty so you know I, that's why i'm pretty happy this is me in a happy state right now fumbling through my words i i'm i'm feeling pretty great <laughs> it's that white claw eight seven
0: months okay yeah, it's in
1: my like, liver right now
0: yeah you shouldn't drink white claws like that it, it, do white claws <laughs> a summer drink dude it's january 8th bro like lay off the claw ain't no laws when you're drinking claws there's a yeah. law. don't drink that shit from too spring you.
1: break last year dude cancun so
0: <laughs> uh shout out to sun's geek in the chat uh if you it's, know, he, he, he nails this. Devin Booker's not playing like Devin Booker. No more excuses. This is a pretty true statement now. And I want to go yeah, down yeah. this Avenue. You know, he did end the game with 23 total points and he did have the two steals, the three assists, uh, but he had the five turnovers. And I, one thing that I typically do when I talk about Devin Booker is I praise his efficiency. He shot the ball 18 times tonight, 23 points on 18 attempts. Isn't necessarily efficient. And you saw him come to life and become the Devin Booker that we kind of need in overtime. When, when, when our backs were against the wall, that's when Devin Booker started to take over because for the past five years, that's when Devin, that, that the Suns they've had their back against the wall. He's mm-hmm. had to take over for five years right now. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to, how to tap into that gene of I'm taking over this game. Everybody just sit back and watch me when the Suns are up by 10, he needs to do that. That that's, yep. that's. Another difference in this game. If Devin Booker in the third quarter notices that the Suns are down or up by 10 points and that the Detroit Pistons are in foul trouble or the Suns are in foul trouble and the Pistons are constantly going to the line, he needs to just go, you know what, I'm taking it to the rim hard three times in a row and I'm going to force the issue. I'm going to tip the scales in our favor and I'm going to put this team on my back. But it, he's passing out of a lot of those situations. He's not being that killer Booker that we know. And at some point, you know, and, and uh, God, who was it? I think it was Zona Sports on Bright Side of the Sun today who wrote the article pertaining to Devin Booker's not right. But, you know, that's OK. Um, it, yeah, there, they- there, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, it was Zona Sports. Devin Booker hasn't yeah. been himself, and that's just fine. There's truth to that, but we all know that once the Suns start to lose, we all start to look over at Devin Booker and be like, where have you been? Because he hasn't been there yet. And again, 23 points today that'll probably put a scoring average on the year around 21 and a half. But he hasn't had that killer instinct when we need him to. And we, and we don't need him to have a killer instinct at the end of the game when we're losing. We need it when we're up 10. Push that thing to 8 or 18. Yeah. You know, you you know that, yep. That's what we need from him.
1: Yeah, I missed the Booker getting to his spots. And you can see that he was doing that in the end of the game. And he could have started that way earlier, like you were saying, because anytime they took it to the rim, they could get there. But anytime Booker would want to get to his spot, I feel like he could, if not, find the right the right guy who's going to be open. And he's just he wasn't there tonight, and that's why I trusted him tomorrow night just to really bring in, try to take over. And then at the end of the podcast when we lose, be like, you know what, Booker, you should have passed the ball more. You should have shot from half court, done something different, you know? <laughs> not oh. just no, you you don't! If we it's lose, true. Booker, he he hasn't looked the same. We we said it even when we were winning. There's something different with him, but he he will eventually get it right. I mean, he's determined to be the best player in the NBA, and um, he'll be close if he keeps playing the way he is um in the bubble. But this year, it's just a little bit something's a little bit off. He's hit some big shots though. I'm not going to say that this year he's of hit some course. big shots, but just he's not the same Devin Booker right now.
0: Of course, when when he's when his back's against the wall, he can hit those big shots. He needs to know, figure out how to mentally put himself against the wall when we're up 10. Like I said, I just, yeah. we've talked about it multiple it's times difficult. on this podcast. Something is different about Booker. And I really feel it's, I'll take it back to what I stated earlier. The the first team offense just isn't meshing well. They, yeah. they don't have it down to a science yet. And I feel a lot of that is because Chris Paul's not rolling to the basket all the way. DeAndre Ayton's hands are fumbly sometimes on offense. He doesn't necessarily, he doesn't dunk through the, um, through the cylinder and get those and ones, uh, which I know drives everybody crazy. And I think I've seen like 40 people talk about it in the chat. I don't necessarily care. Two points is two points, mm-hmm. but if you don't have that pick and roll weren't working and the three pointers aren't falling, we become very predictable on first team offense and you could just kind of hang out at, at the line. So hit your shots, obviously and win. I mean, that's not like a revelation or anything, but it's the truth. Yeah. You hit your shots and you win and then we're all happy. So floppy sock 44. I miss bubble book.
1: (laughs) I just love that name. Floppy 44 floppy. Oh, floppy bubble book. (laughs) I, for DA though. I mean, Oh, what was this (laughs) one? I was going to say for DA, his comments too, about, you know, I don't want to be the offense. Basically I'm going to defer. There's a lot of people that can shoot on here. Yes. But then this, these are games where it comes back to you where it's like, we need you to take over. He had a good shot later on when he took his time in the box against, I don't know who the hell, some big, tall, white guy. And he, he made the shot over him. It's just like, you know, if if you want to take over, you can, I think. Yeah, I mean, you got to trust yourself first, DA. But I think also you have to know, like, you can – it's okay to be the center, the vocal of – Cause when one of the players can't go off, like Booker couldn't till late, Chris Paul couldn't get it going. You're the third option. Basically Mikael Bridges, baby, but DA is a third option. And we just needed him to step up tonight. Offensively. I know he was passing. He was deferring. He did a couple air screens. He did like an air screen to the corner three. Did you see that earlier? Yeah. Like he was trying to get the corner guys open for three. He was not screening anybody. He was standing there screening. Nobody. So that's the first air screen I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's waiting but- <laughs> for somebody
0: to run across the court to run into him.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But there was no one there at all. And it's just things like that are cute. They're cool. But, you know, when the ball's is you just throw the ball down. And I did. He did. He had that put-back dunk where I mm-hmm. actually jumped off my couch a little bit. I was like, hell yeah, that's why we love the dunk. Because it gets the fans, it gets everybody going. Yeah. It gets the people going, dude.
0: Yeah, all the fans in the arena up there in Detroit, huh? Yeah. I'm kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> But you hit on what we've been talking about (laughs) from every different angle. Like, Who's willing to step up on this team? Is it Devin Booker too late? Chris Paul didn't step up. DeAndre Ayton didn't step up. Devin Booker didn't step up until it was too late. That's the issue with this team. The, The second team is playing amazing. They're handing you a lead every time. Every time they, when the Suns are down big to the Clippers, what happens? The second team gets them back in the game. When the Suns are playing anybody else, they get them a lead. And then the first team yeah. they have to maintain that lead. The same thing happened against Denver, but we won that game. This is this game reminded me of the Denver game so much on New Year's Eve where the Suns are up big. They're cruising. I'm, I, I'm, yep. I think I was writing about it. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, 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 I was writing about that one for Bright Side of the Sun as well.
1: <laughs> face it. <laughs> and
0: then all of a sudden, what happens? They start to give it up. The, the, the second team gets them up. And the second and the first team lets him back in it, and that needs to be yeah. something that Monty needs to talk to this team and be like, listen, guys, who you know, I we know that Chris Paul is the vocal leader of this team, but who's gonna lead with their play? When is Devin Booker just gonna be like start running some off screens for him? Turn him into Clay Thompson. You can with this team, you've got the ability yeah. to do so. He doesn't need to be the dominant ball hander when Chris Paul's on the court. Turn him into Clay Thompson, have him come off some curl off screens and just start chucking up three-pointers. I want to see Devin Booker score at will. And they're just they're they're too tentative on offense. They're still trying to figure each other out and figure out the chemistry. And what's the easy solution? And that's been working for them thus far this season. Throw it out to the three point line. Jay Crowder, throw it out to the three point line. Mikael Bridges, throw it out to the three point line. Cam Johnson coming in off the bench. I mean, that's worked thus far this season, but it's not going to work every night because when that three ball isn't there, you need to go to plan B and C Plan B might be the pick and roll with Aiton. That wasn't working tonight. Plan C might be you know trying to run those screen rolls for Devin Booker, and they're not trying those things. So there, there's so many more opportunities with this offense. And don't, don't worry. We are now officially 10% of the way through the NBA season. We're probably at about 13% or 11%, somewhere in there. Let's just go 12 and we have a long ways to go. And these team, these guys are still learning how to play with each other. So it does suck to lose to Detroit. It sucks just as bad as it did last year on February 28th. And then the next night, February 29th, we lost to the Warriors, and my truck got broken into. So let's not go. Oh, my God, dude. Let's not. If we
1: lose to the Pacers, we will be pissed.
0: But someone better not bring into my truck tomorrow night. <laughs> I'll
1: be really pissed. Just don't keep anything in there, man. Uh, take your cigarettes out and your lighter. Just make sure that those are inside safely.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, because that's all that John matters. Smokes? No, John doesn't smoke. <laughs> John used to smoke for years and years and years, and John quit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a military guy. They they yeah. when, when you go to basic training, they issue you your uniform, they <laughs> shave your head, and they hand you a pack of cigarettes
1: and like light up, boy. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to get you in trouble with the uh, old ball and chain over there. You know, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she don't care.
0: Um, who <laughs> in this game would you give your jam star of the game to, Matthew? Oh and, and, and if you're in the chat, who do you give the jam star of the game to?
1: Yeah. Jamsters. Uh Galloway, right? It has to be Galloway. God, Simple the, as if that. If the if game ended, ended at halftime, yeah. Game. Yeah, but who else would you give it to Booker? Because the end of the game pretty well. Who looked the best out there be tonight? To I think it's got to be Galloway. Yeah, I just he was the only one that was consistent. He was consistent till the second half, but like what else do you want from him, really? I mean, I would play him more minutes. But it's insane how he just seriously only played the 12 minutes and then th- that's it. So I don't, I'm going to give it to him just because he was a leading scorer going into overtime, I think. Yeah.
0: And Devin Booker finally decided to show up after that. And it looks like everyone yeah. in the chat is agreeing. Um, Langston Lagoon. Yeah. Lang- Langston Lagoon. Um, yeah. And Andy Buckland got it right. I'm giving it to Grant. Grant Hill? Yeah. No, Jeremy Grant. Oh okay. You know, he did he doesn't play for the Suns, but that guy looked amazing today, man. He Yeah, he, he had, was okay. He had the right he had the right game plan, you know? He said, "I'm going to take it to the hoop and try to stop me and no one could." Like what what surprised me is the oh, Suns man. so so we talk about this a lot on the Suns Jam Session podcast is we talk about how the Suns, whenever a guy on the other team is heating up or dare I say he's on fire, we never double team him. Ever. Yeah. Whoever the guy is on fire, we never throw a double team. The length that we have with the size that we have, we know Jeremy Grant's going to get the ball on the outside and run towards the rim. They haven't hit any shots from the outside all night. And yet we just let him No, Come on right in, man. Run into DA. Get a foul. Like, start yeah. doubling.
1: We got to start doubling more, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you, too. I mean, we said that the last time they lost to the Clippers. Why don't you double Paul George? You said mm-hmm. that they did. I think they tried a to. A little but... bit. Yeah, but you got to consistently do it. I don't think – I'm, I'm going to be honest. Jeremy Grant, he played – He his numbers look good, but I feel like he was just unstoppable at the end of the fourth going into the overtime. That's what I saw. I just feel like he wasn't too effective really the whole game as a whole, but – I don't know. Maybe I'm blind. I don't know. I did take an early lunch today. uh, Halftime, I left a minute early to go grab some food because it was the only time I had. So maybe I missed something you guys saw. Well, in the first half,
0: he he was 3-for-3 from the field, 2-for-2 from downtown, and 2-for-3 from the free throw line. So that was his 10 points. And I noticed it right off the bat. Him and DeLon Wright came out and were like, listen, we're just attacking. And they scored the first 11 points for the Pistons. It was just DeLon Wright and Jeremy Grant. And they're like, we're just going to take it in there and see what happens. And the Suns obliged. And then, you know, kind of time went on. The second team unit came in. The Suns go up big and they it, they got the Pistons out of their, their uh out of sync, if you will. Yeah. And I, as I was writing the article, I was like, halftime adjustments. Let's see who makes the adjustment. And the adjustment for the Pistons was, let's go back to what our original game plan was. And that is attack the paint. Let's attack DeAndre Ayton. Let's attack uh, Jay Crowder. Let's try to get them in foul trouble And that's exactly what it ended up happening. Raymond Gonzalez brings up a great point in the chat. Aiden Watch. Bring it uh, up. Yeah. And we haven't even run that one yet. So Aiden Watch 2021. We continue (laughs) to watch DeAndre Aiden. And although he didn't have the greatest game statistically, you look at him, he went 11 points. And no, wait, hold on. And And no, 14 and 12 for DA. 14 and 12 is what he ended up with. But I think those one, four turnovers uh, and two, just 0 for three from the, from the free throw line. You know, he doesn't necessarily get to the free throw line. He's effective. He's seven for eight tonight from the field, but 0 for three from the free throw line. Yeah. All of these different factors equate to a son's loss. Deandre didn't necessarily look oh, horrible yeah. to me tonight, but the team was attacking him. Uh, the Pistons were going at him and, you know, he didn't necessarily get in foul trouble because he's smart enough to. But at the same time, like we need to he needs some help on the front end. That's what it is. You know, I, I was yeah. on with the, the Locked On Suns podcast with Brendan Clean, uh, which aired today. And we were talking about Aiton's defense. And because of his ability to play defense, the guys in front of him, they can cheat a little bit. Well, they were cheating a little too much tonight. They were letting Jeremy Grant come down the lane anytime he wanted. And then DA is the only guy who's left. So that's my Aiden watch.
1: Yeah, and there really wasn't really any help. You're you, you you're spot on. You hit the nail on the head with that one, dude. And I really think that D.A. needed to just to be, this is the next step he needs to take. I don't care if he wants to defer at all, but when he takes his time down low, and they're just going to cover him with one guy, no one's going to double-team him right now until his stats are popping out of the stat sheet, You know, until they see, like, oh, he's averaging 20, 21 points a game. He's just hitting from all angles. Until that happens, you have the advantage, DeAndre, and really to to play your own game and take your time down there when he mm-hmm. is taking his time, very efficient. I feel like he's a hundred percent when he takes his time. And like my dad always says, take your time. Don't forget your car keys and your wallet and stuff like that. But besides that, I think, Oh my God, just freaking end this. Paragraph. I was waiting for it. I was waiting the four, for it. Dude, I am trying, <laughs> you know, I, I think the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to do that was four times today. So, well, you're the only
0: one counting, but whatever. Um, but here, let's just let's just throw that up there. Besides that, um, besides that, the Suns are now going to have to go tomorrow to Indiana and play the Indiana Pacers. Five PM on a Saturday. They're going against a team that is currently six and two. And although they're six and two, that puts them uh, second in the Eastern Conference. So we should be first or second, or third after tonight's game. Um, this, is a, this is a quality team that we're going up against, okay? DeMontis Sabonis, I mentioned it on the last podcast. The guy's a beast. Um, points per game, they're eighth in the league. They're 10th in opposing points per game. They're a team that is second in the league in steals per game. So we're a team that likes to turn the ball over a lot. You think we might want to focus on uh, handling the ball tomorrow, Matthew?
1: Yeah, yeah. Those two guards they got, is looking kind of like him old, his old stuff a little bit. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I've always loved that guy. That guy, I wish the Suns, I loved him. I mean, his third year in the league, I thought he was fantastic. He should be an all-star this year. So far, he's been playing great ball. And this, the front court or the back court for them is just something that CP3 and Devin Booker should save their energy for tomorrow night to put up with that stuff because it's going to be very difficult for them to score on and to be to, to hold them at will too as well to be just like that front line basically, but I don't know, man. This is th- it's going to be the the toughest matchup, the most scared matchup. I feel like I feel, you know, going from this, the start of the season, dude. The forty minute mark is where I start to lose it on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm starting to, <laughs> to to build that momentum and just you know I got to take a break. I think I don't well, know. Man.
0: I'm getting old, I guess. Besides that. They have a great <laughs> interior as well. You have, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching the podcast, <laughs> every time Matthew says, besides that, I've got a graphic down yeah, I, didn't, throw I, up didn't to up. I didn't yeah, say I it there. Yeah, I know. You didn't say it there, but I'm saying yeah. it for you. Besides that, that's going to be the name of our new podcast. And besides that.
1: <laughs> besides that. Um,
0: but you look at, okay, they have three guys on their team who average over 20 points a game. You have Malcolm Brogdon has 23.6 a game. You have DeMontis Sabonis has 20.8. And Victor Oladipo is 20.4. So that right there is sixty-three points yeah. right off the bat that they have. Okay, That's you put great. behind them. They have Justin Holiday, who is a defensive guard. You have Miles Turner, who can who with Demontis Sabonis is going to put Aiton and Jay Crowder and anybody else we put in there tomorrow night. Maybe Kaminsky will get some minutes, but they're going to be pounding the ball down low. They lead the league in two-point field goal percentage. Or they're second in the league. They 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 shoot fifty-six point eight percent from two-point field goal range. You know what that means to me? They put the ball in close to the basket. They're not a bunch of mid-range shooters. They're guys who pound the ball down low and try to abuse you. That's what the Pacers are going to do to the Suns tomorrow night. The Suns need to come up with some sort of game plan on avoiding now, that. Now, granted, they're number one in the league in giving up three-point attempts and, th- and fifth in the league in three-point t- attempts made. So the What happened tonight might just happen again tomorrow night because the Suns are going to shoot a shit ton of threes tomorrow because they'll be open. The perimeter defense for in for the Indiana Pacers isn't, isn't necessarily elite, and they're going to try to pound the ball inside because that's where they are elite. It's going to be quite an interesting high. game.
1: They keep the ball up high, dude. If you watch them, they don't put the ball on the floor. They keep it up high and just put it over the rim. I mean, they, they, they're that dominant to where they can do that, and they're a smart, genius team, and they're without T.J. Warren, who is a black hole on their offense, and you just see it. He, The team plays better without yes. him. A lot of teams do that. That's why we don't have Josh Jackson or T.J. Warren on this team because you mm-hmm. see how they play in a team environment, which is not a team-friendly player.
0: And I like what Vikings TW says. Got to make threes. This team is so capable. That's how we're going to have to beat them tomorrow is we're going to have to make threes. We're going to have to near that 23s yeah. made mark. You make 23s tomorrow. That's 60 points. Now you've matched the bonus Oladipo and Brogdon. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Suns perform tomorrow as they go into Indiana. Uh, and, you know, it's just it's going to be tough, man. I don't want to go 0-2 on yeah. to start this road trip knowing that the Wizards are a hungry team right behind them with Russell Westbrook, uh, a guy who likes to force the issue inside as well. And, you know, I think it comes back to a couple different things. I'll, I'll start the – or I'll end this podcast where I started it. The Suns need to force the issue on the interior. They need to play downhill. That is really going to solve a lot of things. That slows the, the momentum down. That slows the pace of the game down. And they're already one of the slowest team in the league when it comes to pace. Slow it down even more, okay? Okay. A, a, attack that interior because if you attack the interior those guys are going to continue to be wide open we got to stop passing out of it we've got to go up into those guys i can't tell you how many times deandre had the ball and if he went up he probably could have got fouled but he, he opts to pass out and we need we need to change that philosophy and i hope that monty Not williams did, well i, I mean hope did that, you
1: hear kevin ray ask is it kevin ray that's with ej on the on the yeah k Ray. yeah yeah I he asked so. him he's like He's like, so we always talk about this when you're talking about how do you change DeAndre Aiden to be you know more physical, someone that dunks that player. How do you change them? It's just I don't remember EJ's answer because I think I was eating a chalupa or something. But Ooh, it's just like you got to start, start asking that question of when is it actually going to happen, and it's never going to happen. That's the answer. It's not going to happen this year for a while. So, I mean, he's hit some big shots too in the beginning of the season, but. It just takes him a while to get going, and we need him in this game to be physical, but it's I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a debbie downer no, at all It's, it's trying just, to be a realist. Yeah, you know, I'm not optimistic <laughs> about this one
0: we're We're the podcast of realism, and reality <laughs> yeah. sucks now for uh, Carter it was it was a, it was a rough one. Uh, real yeah. quick thoughts
1: um
0: brains. It's that time of the podcast where we talk about things that are going on in the NBA outside of the Phoenix Suns but might affect the Phoenix Suns. What are your thoughts on all these teams coming down with COVID all of a sudden, man? I mean, you have the 76ers, the Mavericks, the Nets. Uh, Who did I see? I mean, things are popping up every five minutes. You know, There's more guys out. Remember that the Suns have yet to be affected by this. That's the other X factor of this season. It's the weird back-to-backs, the weird scheduling, and the fact that COVID's out there, and that's why there's weird scheduling what are your thoughts on this?
1: Oh, well, you know, that's why these six wins are huge because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it's inevitable. I think we all predicted that it was going to hit sooner or later, and it has. It's it's hit hard right now, but it's never going to end really The season until the vaccine, whatever, I, until that comes out, I guess, and prevents it. But we're always going to have a COVID case. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be pulled into a room and spend 10 days in there while they serve them food or something i don't know how they do it but once these guys are tested positive they pull them into a different room and just like i think the room is taken by a crane and moved to their house or something and that's how they get them out of there and it stops the virus but it's inevitable right john this is going to happen no matter trust what because you you're I'm clearly not a laughing.
0: scientist
1: <laughs> yeah but i didn't want to say that so <laughs> i think well, you guys if- can tell i'm not a scientist right
0: yeah, I, I hope not. I mean, all those White Claws, I mean, geez. Uh, Raymond yeah, all says in the hard, chat, man. damn it, Matthew, put the claw down.
1: It's so tasty. It's not even that tasty. <laughs> oh, no, it's mango. Yeah. It's like the worst flavor. White Claws in the, claw the fridge.
0: Amen. That's why you go with a delicious Scottsdale Blonde.
1: Yeah, you're so beautiful over there.
0: Oh, I can't complain.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough, because that's going to
0: be another thing that has yet to affect the Suns, and <laughs> at some point is going to, is yeah. we're going to have to manage guys being out when this occurs and that's why we've talked about the depth of this team is so important but that's why these wins and and these dropped games these ugly losses are so vital right now we need to move yeah, past these things because we need to get as many you know ticks in the win column if you will moving forward because you don't know when it's going to hit and you don't know how bad it's going to affect the team so we got a long way to go we got a game tomorrow you know jamsters that if you want to Hang out with us. We'll be here once that game goes final against the Indiana Pacers tomorrow. So yeah, we'll we'll be here. No life for us. No life. I got no life. It's a Saturday night. Where am I gonna be? Right here with you, jamsters.
1: No one on my left knee, no one on my right. So I'm right here for you guys. That was it was kind of sweet, Matthew. I don't know what it means, but it was kind of sweet.
0: <laughs> like, get me all emotional over here. That was well said. Um, yeah. But, but make sure everybody that you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell. It'll notify you once we go live after the game. Because sometimes it'll take five minutes. You know, I'm sorry. I had to finish a, an article for Brightside today. You can read our articles on Brightside of the Sun. Both Matthew and I. It's where you can read us, if you will. And Two weeks ago, my last article. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, last time you had to do a. <laughs> so uh,
1: <laughs> well, the last the last game I had to cover. That was my last article. There you go. There you go. And that I'll actually months. be
0: covering the Washington one as well. So I, I was looking at the list. I was like, damn, I signed up for two almost back to back. Yeah, you did. I don't have one until February because everyone took it. <laughs> yeah, Good who cares? for you. No one cares about <laughs> But you can follow the podcast at the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow the, pa- the podcast. I'm going to go British here. Here we go. This is going to be a horrible British accent. I'm sorry to all of our British listeners. <laughs> pip pip cheerio you can follow the podcast no, i'm not gonna do it i can oh, do oh. a better irish accent let's do an irish accent you can follow the podcast at Sons jam on both instagram and twitter you can follow me on on the twitter i'm at darth Voita. you can follow matthew on twitter I'm that was horrible <laughs> we're clearly gone off the rails Come back, join, join us tomorrow called, night. Right here, dude. <laughs> call, us, call us, hit us up tomorrow night. We'll be here live. We appreciate everyone always listening <laughs> and joining us. Take care, Sons fans. Uh, enjoy the fact that we're yeah. done with it at eight forty eight Mountain Time. All
1: right, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun night. I mean, for the last hour, thank you, everybody. Jamsters, go home and love your family. Okay, tarty 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 tarty.